Take it slow, Robin. Take it slow. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about episode 10, season one, How I Met Your Mother. The writers are trying to flex their their muscle, their creative... I don't know. It, so I went back and looked this up. This is essentially a hangover episode. It's told kind of backwards. The main character has to backtrack through certain details. And I did take a second to research other shows or movies that have done this. And I don't want to call it a hangover episode. It's more of a Dude, Where's My Car from 2000, where the protagonists have to find clues in order to figure out what the heck happened to them. So this is not a new concept, but it predates the hangover by four years and it's not done poorly. Narrator Ted starts out by saying, there's one night that I don't remember because Ted blacks out. So down at the bar, bartender Carl gives the gang a round of shots because he invented them. And I really appreciate everybody's reaction to them. We're not actually drinking these, are we? Oh, no, 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 no. Everybody has some sort of protest to them, which is kind of cute. Like at a certain age, you're done with shots or shooting for a reason. Which I am and am not a... I think that there should be shots for a reason. Every year, my family does a Thanksgiving shot. And now, on weekends, we do a shots for scoring. So, that's a... I'll agree to that. As a form of pre-gaming, I think shooting is irresponsible. And Robin is getting up to go on a date with a millionaire. As soon as she leaves, Mar- everybody asks Ted how he feels about Robin dating. Previously. So, they kissed... Halloween night? No, they didn't. They cuddled Halloween night, but there hasn't been a, there has been no romantic chemistry between Robin and Ted for like the past five or six episodes. So this is a little inconsistent. They've just been bros. They've just been hanging out. And everyone at the table convinces Ted that he's back in love with Robin, which is a little shoehorn. Not not my favorite choice for the writing, but what are you going to do? Meanwhile, Barney is really into it that night he's like hey let's go over to that table of ladies and get all of their numbers like a four for one special kind of thing ted laughs and he's like that's not gonna work barney comes back with a seven digit father's day card which i think is kind of cute because his opening line is daddy's home which is good and create the that that's aged better than it should have all right no 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 yuck and yum culture the gang gets ted's perspective on where he and robin are and ted doesn't give them a super definitive answer Barney challenges him to think less and do more as a weird it's a this is the the premise of the episode they spent the least amount of time on here we need to get Ted to this point and then we'll press play so everyone dares Ted to drink all five shots and Ted agrees to and just shooting shooting midway through the fifth shot narrator Ted says and that's the last thing I remember which is not how that worked you can like be made aware browning out, blacking out. I've heard plenty of stories, done it myself. Woo! That's not a, you don't go from, unless Ted was already buzzed and, because he didn't space out the shot. So he just takes one, says a sentence, two, says a sentence. You don't lose consciousness prior to, like the alcohol has to take effect. Presumably he's had a few beers, so he might be toasty, but he's far from drunk. You add on the, I don't doubt that he blacked out, but he didn't, definitely didn't black out then. There's a, like, Dazed and Confused poster montage where everything swirls, like a jack-in-the-box. But Ted wakes up in his bed the next day with absolutely no headache at all, which I've never heard. There, there's some physiological bad acting on 
Josh Radner's part to just skip over the, so I had a terrible hangover, but I'm completely lucid and with it and I need no aspirin or hydration or I didn't throw up. There's no physical, he should look like someone murdered him and he had to sleep underneath some dirt and then clawed his way out the next day, haggard, pale. There is a reaction. They did no makeup. He gets out of bed and looks as good in, as any other. He's still full Hollywood makeup. So that's they, if they're going to do the ramifications of drinking until you black out, then make it look authentic. Come on. Blackout Ted, for some reason, wants to call Robin over and over again to just to talk, just to like, hey, which we've all done when we're missing something, like you're hung up on somebody, you have somebody that you want to text or want you to text you back. That's totally fine. But prior, there has no, been no indication that Ted is hung up on Robin or wants her back or has any jealousy at all about her going on a date with some guy. But apparently Ted had called Robin, about, so we flash back to the night before and Ted is calling Robin. He says he blacked out, but he's perfectly he's just having a conversation with her. There's very little drunk sound. Again, poor acting on Radner's part. In the living room, Marshall and Lily are like walking Ted through. So apparently he called Robin once or twice. Then you put on some cheap trick. Then he got up on a table and sang karaoke. Then he fell. And Ted's like, all right. So they're slowly backtracking the events of the evening, but according to Marshall, they put Ted in bed around 1 a.m. Which, what day of the week? It's got to be a weekend. If everybody's in the living room, whenever Ted wakes up, we put you to bed around 1, and nobody has to go to work or anything. All right, so I guess this is a just a regular Friday night. They're just down at the bar, back upstairs, down at the bar. All right, we got to go faster. We're, we're starting to think about it way too much because the design of the the timeline of the episode and the flashbacks starting to get ridiculous the gang decides to ask barney who fell asleep in the bathtub because after marshall and lily put ted to bed ted rallied came back downstairs to party with barney and by party we he means call robin again robin's getting a little fed up with ted calling all over and over again barney gets fed up with ted calling robin over and over so he sets ted's coat on fire which i you can, i can't imagine how, how does that even, how is Barney not arrested? How's the bar fine with it? That's a terrible, it was just a horrible thing to do to somebody, set them on fire. Ted checks to see that he didn't do anything else stupid, like get a tattoo, which is some dope foreshadowing for like two seasons later. And there's a phone number on his arm, so they call it. It's Carl the bartender, because after Barney puts Ted to bed, after apologizing for setting him on fire, Ted comes back downstairs to call Rob. I don't know why Ted has to go back down to the bar to call ridiculous carl gives them a little bit more timeline ted comes downstairs of the bar to tell carl that he's gonna throw up which he doesn't he accidentally walks into the girl's room and talks to this admittedly cute actress and ted even drunk ted's got game gets her number and upon making one last call to robin who is very upset with ted incidentally calls the or redials the number of the girl that he got in the bathroom not robin and he just drunkenly invites whom he thinks is robin up to his place while the gang is piecing all of this together there is a brunette in ted's bed that we the audience are made to believe that it's robin ted is like well what does that mean did we sleep together why did we sleep together how did i get her into my bedroom what's going to happen now so he wants to wait everybody wants to wake up Robin in Ted's bed to piece together the night 
then Robin calls and we find out, oh, there's somebody else in the bed. It's this girl, Trudy, who fills the gang in on the last bit about them meeting in the bathroom and stuff. So Robin wants to come over to talk to Ted because he was a jackass on the phone. Ted tells Trudy to hide because this is a little embarrassing situation. Trudy escapes out the window and Robin kind of calls him out. Hey, bro, I thought we were friends. And Ted's like, yeah, yeah, we totally were. I just drank too much. I even brought another girl back home to show how, like, I don't actually like you, but Trudy's gone, and so Robin's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I, I, you don't have any reason to lie to me. Both people are treating the night a little too casually, which I'm not great with, and then they, like, hey, can we just agree to go back to Robin, just kind of shakes her finger at Ted, and everything's fine. Writing-wise, the once the plot gets going, once, once Ted is drunk, it's fine, but prior to that, they didn't. The, their premise for doing instead of thinking will get you further than overthinking is the theme of the episode. But based on the results, does it really? So, so I think that's done pretty well, actually. It doesn't hit home. Narrator Ted at the very end. You know, sometimes you end up with a sprayed ankle and a bad hangover, and somebody who doesn't want you to call them back. That's not really hammered in enough because, again, the actor of Ted is not, there's no consequence to him the next morning. He looks and acts completely fine. Despite most hangover, like most wild nights out partying, it takes you like a day to recuperate and ruins your sleep schedule and you throw up and you're super dehydrated and you spend the rest of the weekend swearing that you're never going to drink again. And that simply, I promise, next episode down in the bar, big old mug of beer for Ted Mosby the deceit of who is in Ted's bed and what that means is designed very well. And we are led to the conclusion at the right time. So that's fine. That's good writing. Step three, things that didn't go well, the casual nature of binge drinking and just letting your friend black out and nobody really has Ted's back except Carl Bart, just putting someone to bed and then otherwise letting them make actively poor decisions and setting somebody's coat on fire. That doesn't go over well, but... Yeah, I've had some really shit friends in the past who it's more funny to let the story happen than to look out for so so that that has aged well. That yeah, that's fine. That like there's that one person that when you eat it on the sidewalk, they laugh for a solid ten seconds instead of coming to help you up. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm I'm cool with that. I, apparently, one thing I'm not cool with is the side plot happening with Robin when it's introduced that she's going on a date with a millionaire. Barney asks if she's going to put out because he's throwing his money around, which is a really weird question to answer. There are plenty of reasons to have sex, not just because you have been impressed by money. One of the phone calls that Drunk Ted makes is in regards to, hey, Robin, you don't have to have sex with this guy just because he's rich, which is a huge slut shamey situation. It's set as a joke, as a punchline, and it just does not need to be there. Drunk Ted is jerk Ted. That doesn't that doesn't bode well for friend Ted or any when your friend goes out, you don't immediately judge their choices prior to them making them. That's super distasteful and doesn't help anybody in the story or the plot or the characters or it really doesn't need to be there. So there's your episode 10 and I'm going to cut this way down. In terms of the overall story, Ted doesn't really learn anything. I don't think he blacks out again but there's no lasting lesson for him to hang on to in terms of data so this is a bit of a throwaway episode and it's more 
plot driven than substance driven. Well, this isn't going to go well. I recorded this weeks ago and realized that I didn't give myself an outro or a like a wrap up or and then in revising it just now, we, I th- I thought the episode was done. So my bad. But more to myself than the seven of you, but. I totally screwed up parts two and three and four. So part two is supposed to be writer choices, the different themes or topics or subjects that they want to include as a topical sort of the, this is why this episode is entertaining. And if those choices were done poorly or otherwise, part three is supposed to be actor choices, which I have not really been touching on. I'm getting more organized, but this episode in particular, because I screwed up the names of the parts, to comment on so drunk ted doesn't act drunk and most every other character right now is just a foil for ted figuring out his own universe so how the actors jason siegel and neil patrick harris and colby they're new to tv they're new to tv acting did i just say that nph was new to tv acting good i'm gonna get kicked in the dick you the roles that they have yeah no because i watched the first two seasons of doogie hauser the other characters on screen, the main characters, are still figuring out who their role is as their own selves. So here's the material that the writing team has given them. This is what Marshall says and does, and this is what Robin says and does, and so forth. So everyone's just kind of letting Josh Radner be Ted in the spotlight, and they're delivering their lines to him, not as their own entities. So... Kudos to them for testing the waters, but it is a little disappointing to see nobody really go for it in these opening episodes, which is what's keeping them from being extremely good or extremely bad. Okay, now we've, we're at the end, and this wasn't a, a bad episode. It was a well-designed episode, but it wasn't super laugh-tracky, which I'll give them that, but it wasn't good. This week I've been critiquing... Taylor Swift's album, and I've been super harsh about that whole thing, so I want to, like, credit where credit is due. So it's not a good episode, but this wasn't a bad episode. Now we're at our extra. Okay. Something afternoon. Stay dry, everybody. (laughs) 